welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Why it's freer than actions taken against Russia. That's right. As Russia extends its invasion into Ukraine, we're going to show them with some sanctions. We're not going to let you trade on our stock market. (laughs) There you go. And guess what? Yes, it's going to cost Americans. That's what Biden said. These sanctions are going to cost us at home. Surprise, surprise. What a way to excuse running our country into the ground. It's those dang Russians. Gas prices are going to rise soon, but Biden's going to, and I quote, take robust action to try to help with that. Well, I'm just following in the footsteps of our amazing president, and I'm going to take some robust action today for you, too. I'm giving you free apps. It's all free. It's all you're going to be able to afford is free. Well, how's everybody doing today? the last podcast in a good long series of podcasts titled Not Guilty. You'll have to excuse my voice again today as we just finished up a weekend of a healing summit with Reverend Shelley Lowry at Convergence Point in Kansas City. It was a good time. Not Guilty. That's the series of podcasts that we're finishing up today. We're looking into the topic of righteousness. So let's re- we'll just release our faith today to hear from God on this podcast. We're believing that he speaks through us and to us, and even beyond what's being said here on the podcast. We'll go ahead and go over to John 3. You know we're going to be back in Romans 8 again as well. John 3 and verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Now we learned that that snake on a pole, that was just a type of Jesus on the cross. We learned that, didn't we? A brass snake. Because on the cross he became sin with our sin. He was judged there in our place. Says he must be lifted up. Now it's your responsibility to lift him up, to make him known. Verse 15, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You better, you better be saying thank you, Jesus, right there. So here we see, contrary to much preaching, that Jesus, he didn't come to show us how sinful we are. He didn't come to show us how bad we are. The law did that. He didn't come to accuse or condemn or make us feel bad and guilty and ashamed. He came to save us from that. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Condemned means guilty and judged and found guilty. And what follows is, well, you should be punished. But if you believe on him, you are not found guilty. Aren't you glad about that? Verse 19, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Well, this proves that ignorance isn't the biggest problem on the planet. I used to think that. Well, people just knew. 
I thought people just didn't know about Jesus or the truth, and if they just knew, but that's not the biggest problem. Because millions of people have seen something or heard something about God, and they didn't want it, and that's a problem. When Jesus came and was manifest in human form, God came to man, and Jesus came in his own, and what took place? They didn't receive him. The elders and many of the people that went to synagogue, they saw him, they heard him, and they hated him which means they saw God, they heard God, and they hated God. It's not true that everybody that hears is going to love it and receive it. But aren't you, aren't you glad that we're one of the smart ones that did? Don't you love him? Don't you believe on him? Because if you do, guess what? You're not guilty. Not guilty. John 8, here we find that woman that was caught in that bedroom with a man that she wasn't married to. And they accused her of adultery, and they took her, and they tossed her down in the street. And here comes Jesus, and they said, well... Moses and the law says, stone her to death. What do you say about it? And in John 8, verse 10, and after Jesus said, he that is without sin among you cast the first stone, and they all left. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw nobody there but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Accusers, don't be one. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. That's why it's so dangerous to be involved with this type of thing. It's devil work, always accusing you of being guilty and that you deserve punishment. They were accusing her and saying, well, she deserves punishment. She should be ashamed. Jesus said, where are they? Has no man condemned you? And I bet she was happy to say in verse 11, she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus proved here what we saw in John 3, didn't he? He didn't come to condemn us, did he? He didn't say it was okay. He called sin, sin. He said, don't do it again. He said, but I'm not condemning you. Now, we need a, a mind renewal here because I'm going to tell you, religion to this day has painted a picture of a mad, judgmental God. And much is what preached is sin consciousness. How bad we are. Unworthy. It's been preached that we can be saved from hell, but you know, that's not the whole gospel. We're much more than forgiven and much more than saved from hell. I mean, I thank God for that. But we aren't just forgiven, we are made righteous. We're not saved worms that get to miss hell. He forgave us and he cleansed us from all unrighteousness and he made us righteous with his own righteousness so that we can stand before the presence of the most pure holy one of the universe without shame, no embarrassment or unworthiness. We haven't heard this enough. I'm telling you, I went to a church for decades that the pastor, faith-filled, tongue-talking, believed in healing guy, but preached condemnation all the time. His favorite line was, is you gotta step it up. Meaning you need to do more, be more, try harder to get back into and remain in the good graces of God. So what happens is it all became works-based. And as you know, you cannot. It is impossible to work hard enough and do enough to be in God's good graces because it's free. It's a gift. And until the body of Christ can just say, I received the free gift, you're always going to have this feeling of falling short in the eyes of God and man. I won't name any names, but somebody who I went to church with for all those years, who was very, very close to the pastor, was related to him, said just recently, I saw this, I just saw this, this person said, I just saw this in the Bible. Now, this person was raised in the church for over 40 years, same church, and just realized it's the goodness of God that draws men. And she said, I always wondered how bad people, now bad people to this person were those who weren't doing 
what they were doing. So these are bad people, she says, how they would still get blessed and how God would still do things for them. What? 40 years in a faith church and that's what we get? We have a problem, people. The songs we're singing, the sermons we're hearing, terrible. People don't know it. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Boy, I wonder what he would say to us today. Right? Is he not the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's no respecter of persons. So I wonder what he would say to you today. I bet he would say, not guilty. Go and sin no more, but live free. I'm not here to guilt you and shame you. No, I came to do what you could never do, and I came to save you. What you could never get, I got for you, and I gave it to you. So just receive it. Romans 8, verse 1, there is there now no. How much? No condemnation. No guilt to those that are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Romans 8 and verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 9, and 10, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anybody does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. See, a new law came in and overrode the old one. Listen, sin will kill you. It's serious. Death will begin to work in you when you sin. But there is something that's greater than the law of sin and death. What is it? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If you get over to Ephesians 6 here, in verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So that's not our strength, right? Because it doesn't matter how strong you are. We all have a breaking point, don't we? There's that place where your strength runs out and you're done. But there is one. There is one who is in you, the greater one, who doesn't run out. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. A different person living in me, and because of his empowering and enabling me, that when I run out, he begins, and I can tap into him, and he can quicken me. I love that Jesus is speaking to the Holy Spirit in John, and he says, my father's going to send another comforter, and the Amplified brings out some of the deeper names, and one of those names was standby, a standby. And I think of this because I used to be into cars when I was growing up as a teenager for just a little while because we... We had uh, friends that had cars. I had a 57 Chevy. A friend of mine had a 65 Mustang. Another one had a Camaro, older model Camaro. And so we're always running them hard and, and messing around with them. Well, you got this four-barrel carburetor, right? And you're using the, the two front two barrels until you decide to really hit it and stomp on that gas and go. And then what? You have a standby, right? You put your foot into it, and now you got this extra power. Well, you have some standby in you the greater one. And when it looks like you're about to fall behind and it looks like the enemy's gaining on you, you just put your foot into it a little bit because the greater one, he's going to enable you. He's going to quicken you to do beyond what you're able to do yourself. Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. We're in Ephesians 6 verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles. What is that? That trickery of the devil, right? He doesn't come to the front door with a pitchfork and horns on, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Unfortunately, I guess I probably can't really say that much anymore. It kind of seems like now that we're watching social media or television anymore, he is showing up with his pitchfork and horns right there on television. But one of his tricks is kind of convincing the world that he doesn't even exist. That's why this kind of stuff is so dangerous on television, where they're mocking it and kind of acting like it's silly. But there is an armor that we have that protects us from his tricks and his schemes. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. So do you have an armor? Do we need to use it? To me, this prophesies a battle. We have an enemy, a spiritual enemy, not imaginary. He's real. And we need to be aware of the spirit realm and its reality. It is real and we need protection. And thank God we have this armor, the armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. We are to put on this breastplate, right? We're talking about righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. It's described as a breastplate that we are to put on. Someone is trying to penetrate us, right? To, to stab us or to pierce us, to harm us. We need to have something that will stop his weapons where he can't pierce our hearts. The devil is always trying to get to the heart of man to convict him and to turn man and to turn him, right? And so now man will now not step out and do what he's called to do because of guilt, shame. So we have to protect your hearts. The Lord has given us something that will make our vitals safe. The breastplate of righteousness. Vines and Thayers says this breastplate consisted of two parts protecting the body on both sides from the neck to the middle, from the neck to the navel, right? Covering the ribs front and back. If you go to Romans 5 verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Final homework for you. You probably need to read all of Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. I'm just, I'm trying to pick here what I can cover in the time that I have left. Romans 7 and verse 8. But sin, now remember, there is a law of sin and death, right? But there's something bigger than that. Sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Romans 7, 9 through 11. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, Sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed me. How did it kill you? In Ephesians, we're looking at armor and the enemy wants to kill you. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 7, by speaking the word of truth and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand to attack and for the left hand to defend. See, we have weapons of righteousness. We haven't heard this. They aren't imaginary. This is real. Your armor is real. These weapons are real. And it can stop that piercing weapon from killing you. And many don't have righteousness on. This is why so many people are battling wounded all the time. They do not have on the breastplate of righteousness. We don't recognize the weapons that we have to overcome and defeat the enemy. When we can grab hold of these things that used to wound you, they won't be able to do it anymore. Those things that used to get in on you, they won't be able to do it anymore. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Well, that sounds like uh, Roman eight, Romans 8, walking in the spirit. We've got to be reminded that my problem isn't flesh and blood. It's not Joe. It's not Susie, right? It's whatever they're yielding to. That's the real enemy. Husbands and wives, you've got to get this. Your spouse isn't your problem. The devil's going to do his best to tell you that they are that thorn in your side. Now, if we had enough spiritual sense to know that we aren't each other's spiritual problem, right? The devil's been playing off of us on one another instead of unifying and coming together. That's the trick of all these churches that can't come together. Devil has them convinced that we're enemies. 
know, the devil's our enemy because we don't war against flesh and blood. It's spiritual forces. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We have real weapons that are mighty through God that you do not have to, you don't, you don't have to, how do I want to say it? You don't have to be overcome because we can win over and over. You understand these weapons are real. Casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Thoughts. Boy, that's something. Here we see the enemy's weapons. Why do, why do we need this armor? Because of fiery darts, imagination arrows, right? They're real. Thoughts are real. And they can and they do affect us. You can be having a great day and one thought comes in and boom, your day's ruined, right? If you yield to it, but if you have on your helmet, it would just reflect off of it and bounce off of it. I'm not letting that one in me. These thoughts are spiritual. They're accompanied by feelings and they're real. And they've hurt a lot of people. If you let them in, they're going to wound you inside really deep until you grieve and sorrow and you yield to death. Many are incapacitated with grief and anger, hurts, won't leave the house, won't fellowship. Why? Because something got in. People leaving churches, they're hurt. They got pierced. When it came in, went right in, and it hurt them. I don't want to be easy picking for the devil. I like the idea of stuff just bouncing off of me. Even if the devil fires a cannon and it explodes when it's all done and you're standing there, no problem. This is God armor. Armor made, not made in the USA. It's made by God. The armor of God, and it's uncrushable. It protects my heart. It protects my mind, right? My heart, my soul. I'm not an easy mark anymore. We are protected. When someone tries to stab you in the back, what was that? I thought I heard a little dink, right? Right? Breastplate of righteousness. That's right standing with the Father. When those thoughts come, then those arrows, they come and they try to penetrate your heart. No, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Well, but this and that, no, it should bounce off of us. Luke 22, let's look at some examples here. See, here's the issue. If we don't grab this, we will never truly spread the gospel like we should. We will always be seeing ourselves as a hypocrite, and that's the danger of this. And so we have to be protected from those words, those darts that would try to wound us. They just want you to give up and they want you to shut up. This is why we have preachers and pulpits preaching the way that they do. They're wounded and they preach out of that and it doesn't produce fruit. Arrows are always going to be flying, but they don't have to affect you. Luke twenty two thirty one, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. He's looking to take you apart. He can see when God is going to use somebody. So he's coming after Peter early on here because it's easier to, to, to crush an acorn than an oak tree, right? Luke twenty two thirty two. but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. That's the shield of faith. And so when you return, help your brothers. We know right away they took Jesus. Peter denied that he knew him, scared and confused. Luke twenty two sixty and 61, but Peter said, man, I, I don't know what you're saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and he looked at Peter. Peter remembered the words that the Lord had said to him. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. So what happened in verse uh, 62, Peter went out and he wept bitterly. What happened? He got pierced. He's hurt. He failed. Went back on his word and did something that he swore that he would never do. He's wounded. Have you done it? You've done that? He's what we would call dead inside, right? I mean, this is real pain. This is, this is beyond physical pain. Some of you have been there. He's broken, but something happened. We know Jesus rose from the dead, and Peter saw him, 
And the Lord said, do you love me? Yes, then feed my, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Why would he do that? Because Peter wasn't done. The head of the church is asking the one guy who blew it more than any other, and now this guy who denied Christ some 50 days earlier has been found in an upper room, and he's the one that God chooses to introduce the Holy Spirit to the entire world, and his first sermon gets 3,000 men saved just 50 days later? But listen, he had to preach, not like somebody who denied Jesus, not like someone who failed Jesus and ran scared. He took that balcony, not like somebody who was a failure. No, he preached like somebody who had never failed and a righteous man, because he is. He was forgiven, he was cleansed, and now anytime the enemy tried to come, he had on his armor. Why do I always do what I'm not supposed to do, and I can't seem to do what I know that I'm supposed to do, but nonetheless, I shall run my race, right? He's got on the breastplate of righteousness. He, the apostle Paul even said, I'm the chief of all sinners, but what? I'm going to run my race and I'm going to complete my race and I'm going to win my race because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you see it today? No, listen, you got to know when he took that balcony, the devil fired off an arrow, right? I mean, look at poor Pete, right? I mean, who do you think you are? Don't you remember? Have you too soon forgotten? You denied Christ. Remember, remember that look on Jesus's face when you blew it? And I mean, I tell you, it had to bounce off of that breastplate. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was you. Yeah, wh why do you even think you deserve to be in this room with all these others? Nope, stop it. Dink, 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 right? Who's gonna listen to you? You aren't worthy. You're not worthy to talk to these people. You don't even know what you're talking about. Dink, <laughs> it didn't get in. Paul killed saints and drug them out of their houses and held their coats while they killed Stephen. And yet, who's preaching that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Paul told us about the breastplate. He had to put it on or he would have never got past the guilt, the shame of what he had done. And until you put it on, you're never going to be bold enough or confident. You're never going to speak up. You're never going to move forward in the plans of God. 1 John 3, we see the devil are going to try to cast down imaginations upon you. We have to cast those down, those things and accusations. 1 John 3 and verse 20 for if our heart condemns us, right, it's our heart that makes us feel guilty, which again, we know when we feel that way about ourselves, what takes place next. When troubles come and an arrow gets through, we say, well, I probably deserve that. Because why? Because I'm guilty. So we allow the punishment because our hearts condemn us, not God, our hearts. It's not God, it's you. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. 1 John 3, 21, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. How could Peter get to the place that he could have confidence towards God, meaning I know God will do in my life what he says that he would do? How did he get there? Because he got to the place where he didn't allow his heart to condemn him about his past. Paul could boldly preach the gospel to the world because he got to the place where his heart didn't condemn him anymore. And the only way to get there is by faith in the blood. Was it enough? It can rid you of a guilty conscience. If your heart is not condemning you, the righteous are bold as a lion. Jesus is our example of how to be bold because he was righteous and the devil had nothing on him. The devil couldn't make him feel bad or question his decisions. He had no shame. Jesus had to make us righteous with his righteousness. Why? So we could act the same way. And if, if your heart doesn't condemn you, 
We have confidence. We like to say Godfidence, right? This is what's hurting the body of Christ today. No confidence in God. Look at it again, 1 John 3, 20 through 22. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. He knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And what? And whatever we ask, we receive from him. We get it. That's how you get your prayers answered. We come boldly, confidence, to come and know that I have the right to be here because my sins are gone and I am clean and I am righteous. This is definitely going to change how you approach God, and it's going to change how you get those prayers answered too because now we can what? Ask anything according to his will. He's going to hear us. He's going to answer us. Friends, you are not guilty. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are cleansed of all sin. You are guilt-free, no condemnation. You are shameless. You are guiltless. That's going to make you fearless. And when you pray, your prayers get answered because your heart condemns you no more. You're bold as a lion. You're confident enough to go forth in the plan of God and lay hands on the sick and know that when I do, they're going to get well. You're shameless enough to go forth and cast out devils knowing that nothing can ever harm you because greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. I can overcome all the wiles of the devil. I don't get offended. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. Nope, I'm just forgiven. And I'm washed clean by the blood. We better say it again. You are not guilty. Come on, you got to walk in that truth today. And that truth shall make you free. Free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from shame, free from embarrassments. That's going to cause you to be bold as a lion. Come on, watch out, devil. Here we come. Hey, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the new Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. You know, until next time, I'm going to be walking free. I'm guiltless. I'm shameless. You know what that does? That lets me attempt the ridiculous and know that I'm going to achieve the miraculous. Miraculous.